Welcome to our podcast, Inside SAP S4HANA. There's no customer success without product success and project success. I cannot believe this is already our episode number 20, and we have shared a lot on SAP S4HANA products and on the S4HANA project since the launch of the podcast uh, at the end of 2019. And today, it, it's a context where home office is kind of the new normal for many of us. So I think the necessity to stay connected and to share virtual experience with peers is actually bigger than ever. In the podcast, we'd like to go back to the roots a little bit, reiterate on the project's implementation basics and the necessity to stay close to standards. We've talked about that in an earlier series, end of December and January. We want to see about how you can plan the project differently than a classical ACP implementation. And of course, a few more nuggets. And to share all that with us, we've invited today Christoph Wunsch, who's part of the ACP product success and customer co-innovation team in the Americas and as such supporting customer implementation on a daily basis. Well, warm welcome, Christoph. Thanks for your time, much appreciated. Let's start as always with a personal touch. Tell us who you are, please. And then I'd like to know one or two things that I do not know yet about you. Welcome, Christoph. Hello, Yannick. Well, thanks. first of all, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to participate in your podcast series. I listen to a lot of them and I really appreciate them. As you said, I'm part of the uh, product success and customer co-innovation team in the Americas. So we support customers here in the Americas regions. I mainly support customers in US and Canada on their journey of implementing S4HANA Cloud. And uh, I'm happy to speak to you about why staying close to standard is important. But uh, first, let me answer your question about what do you not know about me? Uh, I love to garden and I do that every year. Here I have a backyard in my house in Atlanta. And uh, last year a coworker told me about LUFA and uh, LUFA sponges. I thought it was something that was industrialized or came out of somewhere, but I learned that it's actually a plant out of the cucumber family that you can grow in your garden. So this is my project for the year. I bought the seeds. I already hatched them. So I have now the little plants in my house and this weekend I'm going to put it in the garden and hopefully by the end of the summer I have a lot of loofah sponges that I can share with my friends and family. Very cool. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I'm hearing that for the first time, loofah sponges. I will definitely Google that directly after recording of the podcast. Do that, uh, okay. I'll, I'll send you one. <laughs> please do, please do. Looking forward to that. Um, well, you mentioned already um, Alpha and Omega in a cloud implementation is staying close to standard. Why is that so important for the customers? Can you say a few key things about that from your perspective? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, first of all, what is standard, right? Uh, so if, if we look what standard means is you stay very close to what we from SAP deliver in a product. And you know, that can be a, a model company, a starting point, that can be best practices. I mean, anything that comes right out of the box and utilizing that as much as possible with little to no adjustment, that, that is the goal. And why is that important? Because it already moves your starting point way ahead. Instead of thinking about everything, using from scratch, you have a system that's pre-configured, you have a system with documentation, you have, uh, 
you have people who already have a baseline content experience uh, from your consultants that can really help you to accelerate a, a implementation project. So you really get faster time to value. That is that is one key point that you get out of it. The other thing I experience a lot is kind of the, the agility. And long term, obviously, you see agility to changing market conditions. And as you said in the podcast that you had, the other cloud deployment, there was a lot of talk about the long term things. But in my experience, when I go to customers, I see that on a short term implementation and post implementation, there's already a lot of gain. Because if you onboard people, you hire help, you know, you, you already have people that have experience in your system. I mean, one example is uh, I had a customer recently and they had issues with plan data for projects. They didn't come up as they needed. They just were post go live. This I was already gone. But and then uh, we looked into it. We uh, engaged some of our coworkers, but the customer had a custom hierarchy. So for us to understand what, what it was was very cumbersome because we needed to look in their system to understand what they were doing versus if they would have had standard hierarchies, we could have used any of our systems, any of our experience and give them guidance right away. So that is that is really a value that you get when you stay close to standard. You have a lot of people who know what you do because you do the exact same as anyone else. And building on to that, Yannick, is innovation adoption. If you have standard, everything that comes with a new release is really matching what you already have. So adopting that is very, very fast. And that applies to if there is a new integration scenario, if there is a new intelligent robotic process automation, best practice coming out, some machine learning. I mean, anything that really comes out is matching to your system. And also, if we look into upgrade cycles, we have that in different cadences, depending on which product you're using. I mean, the closer you get to standard, the less trouble you have because the content really matches. You have hardly any exceptions. And that is, a, that is really a good benefit out of uh, that staying close to standard. Christoph, you mentioned earlier the model company. What is that beast exactly? How do I get that? How can I use it? Uh, how does model company really fit to to standard content? Is it the same? Is it different? Can you allude a bit on that? So the model company is something that was delivered out of our DBS organization, and it was a service. It's a service you can buy on top of S4HANA on-premise or S4HANA extended. Actually, as of yesterday, the model company is part of S4HANA extended. It just, uh, we just changed that. And so it's a pre-configured baseline that you can use to start your implementation with. It's, so it's built on top of best practices and it comes with configuration, test scripts, and uh, other collaterals to help to jumpstart your configuration. It's an accelerator for implementations. Okay, thanks. Um, and indeed, since yesterday, it's available for S4HANA Cloud Extended customers as well, which I think is a great news to jumpstart all those EX projects. Now, I guess both of us come from 
ERP implementation, author implementation even, and uh, we all love ACP as a solution, but of course the toolbox that comes with the solution that can really give you almost limitless freedom to do whatever you need to do to run your end-to-end -end processes. In the cloud, it's about adopting the standard to make sure you have time to value, to make sure you stay agile when adopting the innovations that fit to the standard. But how can a customer ensure that the development stays close to the standard, especially, um, let's say, to the couple thousands install-based customers that we have uh, since, since years, and are used to the toolbox, to limitless extensibility options? You know, that's a very good question, and it's challenging. I mean, we see it over and over again. And for me, the key point, or it starts with the stakeholder commitment. Because what you see a lot when you adopt standard is that in a company, it's about the overall value for a company because you save money for upgrades, innovation adoption, uh, you know, you gain business agility, things I, I mentioned earlier. But it's not always the, the line of business that has the benefits and the drawback at the same time. I mean, for instance, if the head of procurement does not has to do more adjustment or jumps through more hoop with his organization to adhere to standard, but it helps in the overall upgrades or the IT costs go down, it's not an immediate benefit for the head of procurement. And that's something where you need strong stakeholder commitment to really make sure that from the top of the company, this is driven and managed that then budgets can be shifted between the different parts of the company to say, yes, it might be more expensive to run that procurement process right now, but the money we save on another angle outweighs that by far. So we as a company, for us, it's a good choice to do that. And I think that is very key. And if you have that sponsor or stakeholder commitment right from the top, you can manage that within a project. And that really helps to drive the message into each part of a project to say standardization because there's an overall company benefit. And adding to that is the second thing. There is always an option. When you implement something, you always have an option to do it one way or the other. You know, I mean, if you have, if you have a project that you need to post to a certain profit center, for instance. And then, but the standard doesn't really allow you to do that setup. You can adjust the business process to do a different setup, or maybe you build something, maybe you do manual postings, maybe you build reports to automate posting. I mean, there are always a lot of options how to solve that. And every option comes with some benefits, drawbacks, and costs. And to have that value-based discussion and saying, okay, I have those three options. What does each option bring me and how much does it cost? I think that's very, very key to look at because then as a company, as a project, you can make value-based discussions. Does it make sense for us to, to implement, to move away from standard or to add to standard or does it not? Okay, I, I don't know how many projects you've touched so far. Uh, maybe you can you can allude on that. I'd like to, to understand a bit your learnings on real project planning, because of course project planning is completely different from you know what we did with the ACP methodology and others in the past. Um, 
can you yeah tell us how how should customers start what are the rules to follow etc concretely what did you learn there you know i've done i've been in this organization for three years now actually it was yesterday that was my third year anniversary and i have touched quite quite a lot of customers <laughs> thank congratulations. you congratulations and for me when i when i look at projects or when i engage with projects because uh, Yannick, I engage typically the project is sold or the software is sold, and then and then this is when then I engage. So post sales, start of the implementation, this is when I start engaging with the customer. So then I talk to the customer and say, okay, this is what you bought, and this is how what you should consider. And one of the things I I say is look at activate, make sure you understand how the process works, how the methodology works. Because it's really part of how you need to do things. It's not an option, it's an essential part. And then, you know, start small on the solid foundation and expand. And when you break that down, it's there are a few decisions that you have to make right from the start. You have to think about your organizational structure, you have to think about your chart of account, you have to think about what group currency you want, how do you want to set up your ledgers. There are a few things you have to decide that are very basic to a system because you'll pretty much never change them. And so this is where you have to really get early all the stakeholders and really think about what are the things to come in the future and make clear decisions there on this structure. But then after you have done that, you know, start small and said, okay, now let's build finance, let's add sales, let's do procurement. Some of it you can do in parallel, but the more you iterate on those things, the better it is. Because, because the more scope you have at the same time, the more you have overhead and alignment and the more knowledge gain is lost. And this comes to, to the second thing is, I feel, always say, get your business users engaged very early, make sure they learn the system, that they have a baseline where they can start thinking from. You have to train them eventually, and the earlier you do it, the more that it can con contribute to the project. And then when you start building small, the business user learn of the baseline, and then you see that the more they learn, the more you move on a project, the better of a view you develop as a business user and as a project team as a whole, what your future state should be. Because at the beginning, it's just moving from where you are right now to where the end of the project is, is just huge. There's a lot of business transformation in between. There's a lot of IT change in between. Maybe you're already an SAP user, maybe not. Nevertheless, the change can be really huge and overwhelming. It's hard to comprehend for anyone. And the smaller steps you take, you move the baseline and then you can add on. And so that's why I always recommend focus really on the 80% that is standard and leave the 20% out that's exceptional. And once you have conquered that 80%, then see what is left and really reevaluate that. Because often at the beginning, we think a lot about exceptions. We think a lot about what happens here and this. And the further you move on, the more you get into the standard, 
the more you actually realize that some of the things you thought are important are not as important, and other things you haven't even thought about are now key. Christoph, you said you need to find the right business user in a project. So what is, do you have one in mind? Of course, you cannot give a name or a customer name, but what was the best right business user for you in your three years of experience? What was the profile of this person on the customer side, of course? You know, the profile, I have seen business users, I had a very good experience with business users, actually. And it's, if you, are, you need a business user who is engaged and who sees the value of what you do. Because sometimes you also have business users with resistance. Change is always hard, and but you need to you need to convey a message why you do that and what is in for the business at the end of the day. And then at the beginning of the project, if you we have in the in S4 HANA Cloud Essentials, we have to start a system. Make sure the business users is home in that system. The user knows how to execute the process. Is it finance? Is it procurement? Is it manufacturing? And really understands how that standard system works. And then you have that knowledge and that engagement and excitement where you can build on and say, okay, and now that you understand the software, how does the translate to your business? How, do we make, how can we make sure that your business can work with this software? Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. Uh, and another point you mentioned was um, organizational change management, which in any ACP project is a big part of the project. It's actually a, a project in the project as usual. What is what? What learnings do you want to share with that? Start early. So I had I had one I had one project which they executed it very very well. They hired a change organizational change management consultant, and he was in every session from the very beginning of the project. And that was a game changer. Because everywhere we discussed something, we always could say, okay, this is change management. Okay, now there needs to be another headcount in that department because this, is, this process is shifting. Okay, here we need to train that person. Okay, this is, this is a, a role we never had because we had only a combined role. Now we need to split that business role into two. So we need to make sure that we train the people accordingly. And that was, was really, really nice. Or other things, okay, now our vendors will get different communication. And so we need to drive that and inform them. I mean, there's, there's so much that, that, that goes on, but it's really, we, we call it fit to standard. And that means that the company is changing, not the software. But traditionally, with our fit gap that uh, a lot of our customers used to run, it was the other way around. And that, that shift needs to be reflected in a project and in a mindset. Because one thing I noticed when I started working with cloud is, I mean, I was a consultant myself before I joined the team. And you're a good consultant if you can squeeze the, the last out of a system. If you can put the process in the system that the company has to the T, that was something you were proud of a consultant that you could do those things. But now with that close to standard, it's the other way around. You're a good consultant if you can tell the business that they work like the system. 
and that is a fundamental shift in what a consultant needs to do and that then in consequence drives change management more than system adoption and the key is Yannick really incorporate change management right from the beginning because this is key to success Let's talk about that. Uh, you have three years of learnings, which I assume were very intense learnings. You were an early adopter in the Svana Cloud or customer care organization. Your customers were, by definition, early adopters as well, because the product was completely new. Um, let's try to summarize that. What is, in your opinion, key to success? Mindset. Mindset is very, very key to success, Yannick, especially as, as, as you rightfully said, early adopters. A lot of people came with a on-premise mindset. And if you move into the cloud or move that, that adhere that standard principle that you can also apply on-premise, on, on it's, it's just a mindset because you need to think differently how, how you approach it. You need to the change management. You need to look at the business requirement. One example I had, one of my early customers said, oh, there are no commodity codes. Uh, we cannot classify our materials. And, and, and they were giving me a hard time about it. But then, you know, we said, ah, hold on. Why do you need that? What's the business requirement? And then I said, no, no, here we have the scope item legal control that does exactly that. It's just shifted. And so, and for me, that was, that was I could really see that, uh, they were just trying to move one solution to the other solution instead of stepping away back. What is the business requirement? And how does the system fulfill this business requirement now? And this is kind of the mindset of the approach that is really helping in, in success of a project. Another thing I saw and loved and, and really push also my customers is good, strong project control. Because Project governance is the body that ensures that the idea and the vision of standard that your stakeholders set you out to be is really executed all the way through. And the later you are in a project, the more important it is. Because at the beginning, everybody is happy. Yeah, we stay to standard because you are with that 80%. That is very standard. But the longer the project goes, the more you run into the small nitty gritty issues where you kind of say, well, this is not really standard. This is the exception. What do we do here? You know, oh, we never thought about that. We have those 10 customers. They do something entirely different. And this is where I can really see that a strong project control can still keep it together, manage the timeline and success of the project overall, but not giving away from the overarching principle. And it sounds like a perfect conclusion. Or did you want to add something? Well, the last point I have is success in a project is won early. Early investments in a discover and explore phase really pay off. And that is something Similar to that, I really push for it to make sure that you exit explore very thoroughly. And because everything you are not doing at the beginning, you pay twice the price at the end. And maybe that's a perfect conclusion, Yannick.
that's the second perfect conclusion. Thanks a lot, Christoph. Thanks for being with us today. I really like the personal touch you've, you've given to uh, our, our discussion. I think this is what really makes it valuable for our subscribers. So merci, really appreciate it. And of course, I wish you a successful Lufa Sponges Harvest. I'm looking forward to getting my own exemplary when we meet in, in the near future, hopefully. Um, as always, if you all enjoyed today's discussion and would like to learn more, of course, stay tuned for the next one. Feel free to drop us an email via inside s4 at sap.com. I repeat inside s4 at sap.com. And of course, let us know which topics are of your interest. Thanks again, Christoph. All stay tuned for next time and always be inside SAP S4HANA. Bye bye. Thanks, Yannick. Bye.